1: Welcome to A Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast. I'm James Richardson and I'm joined as always by Barry O'Hanron. Hey Barry. Hey James. Hello listeners. Um, So anybody who wants to get in contact with us, the Twitter handle is at agoodtalkgolf. The email is agoodtalkspoiled at gmail.com. And I suppose we'll start where we always start and that's our own games. A little bit of success over the weekend, Barry. Yeah,
0: um after spending a whole year with no success in Druid's Heath, we uh we played a sc- uh,
1: sorry no talk for yourself there. Perfect. A year that you had no success in Druid's Heath. But
0: yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um we uh the club organized a a shotgun scramble uh which worked quite well because Ireland were playing in the Six Nations against France in the afternoon and uh, we uh, this it was great fun scrambles are brilliant and um, if anybody doesn't know what a scramble is you the team there's a team of four and you take you play from the best shot every time so everybody tees off and then you choose the best one and everybody takes an effort from there and you choose the best one and all the way to finishing out the hole Um our scramble had a, a nice little thing which a lot of them do is that each player has to have three tee shots used uh, throughout the round so um, yeah, we had a we had a really good day. We made nine birdies, uh, nine pars, which um, we felt we'd probably be about th- three, four birdies short of what you usually need to do well in a scramble. But you know, the conditions weren't very easy. It was quite windy. It was cold, and um, yeah, we we managed to come in second place and pick up some bottles of wine for for our efforts.
1: Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, I think to be fair one I love the format I think scrambles are great especially on those kind of events where you know if you if you're bringing a guest or if you need to get through quickly it's, it's, it's such a good and being a shotgun start other than the fact that we were put out on the furthest hole to start with which meant there was a long walk out and an even longer walk back which uh, was a little bit of annoyance but the only the, the, the two bits that will stay in my memory in that round for probably the rest of my life is the two drivers off the deck that I hit one on the 10th into the wind. What were we out to 240 to 220?
0: It was probably, probably about 220, but it was, it's an, it's a, it's an uphill approach shot. It's a par four and it generally plays into the wind and plays a hell of a lot longer than its yardage, especially with the course being soft at the moment. And uh, yeah, we, The the three preceding shots did not have us in a great position. And uh, James pulls off a worldie despite me uh, looking to the head. Is it
1: it, it, it a. Well, no, because I could hear your brain going, what the F is he doing hitting driver when you had basically hooked it straight out over into the shite on the right? So had the other player. And Sonny had gone left into, into kind of. Well, Sonny was all right, actually. Sonny would have been shortened to the left of the. the, uh, the green so it wouldn't have been too bad Um, what did I leave at three three foot
0: yeah none, none of us got our putters out we just let you uh, roll in the birdie <laughs> probably one of the, the uh, only birdies on that that hole that day I'd say from all the teams it was, uh, it was. but it
1: wasn't so much a worldly because I did it again on our last hole so I did it twice in the round after trying it earlier in the round and not really having much success the first time well, you, you fixed
0: the problem from the first one so I uh,
1: fixed it very very well so but uh, they, were, yeah. they were definitely nutted I don't think I can actually think you know the way you remember certain things over the course of your golfing life I actually don't think I've ever hit regardless of other types of shots three woods I can think of two three woods I've hit over the last probably ten years that stick in my mind that were of a similar top drawer and those two are now right beside it. I, I I think it would be a long time before I hit better shots with a uh, three wood, five wood or a driver off the, the middle of the fairway. Um Nice to be back out. I wish this uh, snow and rain and soft ground and more rain. I don't seem to be playing in anything but rain and cold at the moment. I wish it was just winter would just hurry up and leave us and I see the stupid groundhog in America says we're having another six weeks of it the bastard so that's just in America we'll be
0: okay here I've, look the thing is um, like I mentioned the Six Nations a little while ago um, for anybody not familiar with rugby it's a, it's a rugby tournament between the, uh, the Ireland England Scotland Wales France and Italy and it, it kind of coincides with the Six Nations starts you realise that spring is coming and by the end of the Six Nations which is seven weeks away it's pretty much go for golf for the year. So it's, it always kind of, it's a nice kind of end to the winter beginning of the spring um, uh, event at this time of year. And it just parallels nicely as, you know, as we begin the final kind of stretches of the winter golf and into, you know, full season and hopefully by, you know, Paddy's day, you know, 17th of March, we'll be maybe looking at getting some qualifying golf going. So, um, yeah, it's, we could do it a few warm days, but, you know, it's uh only a little bit longer to put up with the crap until uh, until some nice conditions come along.
1: Yeah, I just cannot wait. Um but anyway, sure we'll we'll keep going up to the range and hitting balls and trying to work on a bit so that when the season starts it starts properly. So but uh actually I worked out I played Sunday and I was telling Sonny and a friend of mine, Killian, that I think I've actually played more times up in power score since the turn of the year that I did for the whole of 2017 in Druid's Heath so uh, I think it's i uh, I'm excited for this year every time I go up and play I actually just I'm, I'm now finding excuses to go back up to the golf course rather than last year when I was finding any excuse not to go play but anybody else who's um, if you played over the weekend if you had any good results let us know at a good talk golf the news Barry news for golf is in short supply but I suppose the big one coming out is the European Tour this, this World Super 6 in Perth which is on this weekend you know this is really where they're kind of trying out new formats new ideas and uh, they're trying out something new again this week, what, what are they trying?
0: Uh, I just love the European Tour, they just attempting new things, they don't mind if they fall flat on their face, and, but for the most part they're quite successful, they're, they're new ventures and new ideas and formats. Um, so this Super 6, uh, I'll try not to butcher it, but it's a uh, regular golf tournament stroke play for the first two rounds and then there is a cut on Friday, uh, there will be another cut then on Saturday which will leave a 24 man field for match play on Sunday. Uh, the players who are in the top eight uh, after Saturday evening get a bye to the next round. The next 16 players go into a match play and all the matches are six hole matches so it's, it's fast paced, it's you know encouraging aggressive play which will be really exciting to watch. And ultimately they end up with two guys in the final uh, playing six holes for the title and uh, and the money so, it's, it's a great format, it should be really exciting. It's unfortunate that it's, a, it's in Australia for us because it's very difficult to watch with the, to watch live anyway with the, uh, the difference in the hours and the clocks. But um, they've, they've added a little bit more spice to it this week and they're gonna have some players mic'd up as they go around so they'll be able to talk to them immediately after they've hit a shot, ask them what their thought process is, how they're feeling in the middle of the event. Uh, how the feel that matches is going and, and basically you know it's it's open season on access to the players and, and getting for us the fans getting right in there and getting the flavour of what it's like to be to be playing a professional event uh, and in a really cool exciting format so um, kudos to the European Tour and uh, from, from what I'm hearing uh, a lot of the players are very uh, excited to have this and I think they appreciate that it gives um it gives the fans what they want, which is just deeper and closer access to to the pros
1: and what the event is, you know, what the event has going on. Well, if if we usually do the the kind of preview of next week's event at the end of the show, but if we look at it for the moment and the Super Six that's taking place in Perth, you know, you've got Ryan Fox eighteen to one, uh, Bjorn Olsen at twenty to one lee westwood is there andy beef johnson is there uh, like what kind of players do you want to hear from what kind of you know danny willett's there at 80 to 1. Uh, he, he he might not have too much of a mic up playing any golf by him at the moment might just be um, but is there anyone in that group you know there's a lot of kind of names that people might not know or you know not be aware of is this one of these events that somebody could kind of their personality could shine through a little bit like Beef Johnson because really having them mic'd up and having them do the interviews and talking through it kind of only works if the personality is there for it to work mm. and you know a lot of these guys you know like Charlie Ford Ryan Ryan Evans uh, these are names that you know and I would watch a lot of golf I don't know these guys I don't know these names I'm not sure I'd Care much for what James uh, Nitties has to say? He's 150 to one for what that's worth. Um, is is it is it really just to test it out in the hope that it gets to like a you know at least a, a top category two, mid category one event that you might have Sergio mic'd up or Rory mic'd up or you know it's a good idea. I'm just not sure. I'm I'm. not sure i'd necessarily stay up late into the night to to see this based on the people that they could be micing up
0: well yeah i agree with that i mean obviously we want to see the the suit on here from the superstars that's not to say there aren't a whole bunch of guys there in this field that could have cracking personalities and come off as really engaging people i mean i know it's difficult in just a you know a minute or two miniature interview in between shots but you could definitely uh, you know see from guys like uh, beef that their character comes through in just seconds so you know I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll, these guys have done their homework the European tour will and they'll have identified guys you'll give them the best content and and, and, and make it more entertaining for
1: for the viewers it's probably not a, a surprise that Andrew beef Johnson seems to be the photo that is attached to every press yeah. release about this miking up Um I just don't know whether or not, you know, a couple of the other guys would sell it quite the same. Um, I don't
0: think you, I don't it, think a Rory or a Sergio almost sells it as well as Beef does. You know, his personality just, everybody identifies with that guy.
1: Um, I'll tell you though, I Identify him. there is a guy in this field who I've been keeping a very close eye on. He's 60 to 1, it's uh, Chess uh, Kepka, he um, is Brooks' brother. He was down at the European Challenge event down at Mount Wolseley. He was actually in the group behind Mark when I was caddying for him. He's actually a real good guy. Now, you know, he was well sponsored up and, you know, he was definitely well looked after compared to a lot of the other guys down at that Challenge Tour event. But he's a guy at 60 to 1, you know. he, He could actually play really well in this type of format. He's got a good stroke play. Um, and then to get into this kind of format of of match play six holes, he's aggressive, he's the kind of guy at 60-1 to and what are they playing? They're playing out four ways on each way, wouldn't be the worst style shot in the world for him but it is kind of a strange format for people if they are betting Barry in, in terms of trying to pick somebody because you've got to marry the fact that they have to have a stroke play ability to get through to the match play bit and you might be a great stroke play player and not a great match play player. So is there anybody in that field that kind of stands out to you? Or is this one that you're just kind of going, yeah, pfft.
0: I think there's a couple of ways you could probably deal with it. I mean, a lot of the bookies are offering um, the top five or uh, the top five finish after 54 holes. So they're treating the tournament, like a 54 hole event. And then you can get odds to, you know, for the completion of the event. So maybe there's an angle to be seen here in the guys that maybe aren't the best finishers on Sunday in stroke play events, but they go really well up until that point. They get themselves into match play. And then then that, say, fear of a disaster score that ruins your Sunday or you know your chances of winning a stroke play event doesn't really hurt as much because you could have a triple bogey, but you're only losing one hole. Now, I know one hole in a six-hole match is a big deal, but it's not insurmountable. So there could be an angle in that. There, uh, guys that go well up and, and just don't play, don't have a great Sunday.
1: Um, say, is it a straight average. up match play? What or is it, it is a match play over seven uh, over six holes oh, by stroke four. play. Well, yeah. but I mean, so it's, oh, it's over six holes match play. So it's one up, one down, all square, etc. Yeah. So bogey, double bogey, triple bogey doesn't really matter as long as the guy gets one shot more than you.
0: That's that's it, yeah. Yeah. So okay, so that's the thing. So those guys, you know, somebody who's a bit susceptible to the a little bit of nerves on Sunday, you know, the match play might free them up a bit, and that could help them. uh, That could help them go on and grab a title. So, um,
1: and I suppose that if you are looking at betting, and if you if you're kind of maybe down under, or you're going to stay up and watch it, or you know, the time suits you. You could always just look at the the match play bit and just bet on one player or the other to beat the other player. You could do individual game on game rather than necessarily the outright winner. Uh, So if it's a Danny Willett versus Beef Johnson in the match play in the first round, you can pick whoever you're going to pick for that particular match Mm -hmm. rather than an outright winner. So I suppose there might be another way of looking at the betting side of things for people if instead of going straight out in the normal way. Um, you watched this last year, didn't you, this this Super Six to a certain extent, like you, you I, I watched I don't that. really remember it that well. I, I remember bits of it but I, I don't don't remember it really grabbing me. I thought it was interesting, it's unique and it's early season for us in the Northern Hemisphere and it's it's something different, but I, I'm not sure I'd want to be seeing too many of them. I saw highlights of this one, but they had another one here up in Europe as well. So that's how we got access to that
0: six uh, the six hole format. Um, I thought it was a, I thought it was a lot of fun. It's not something everybody would want to see every week, but certainly a couple of times a year. Spice in it up, just change the pace from the regular seventy two hole stroke play. I think it's great fun, and I like what they're doing with the mics. Just, you know, have have a go at it and
1: see, uh, pick up the ball, run it, and see where you get to. Well, the great thing is that it's one of those events that you can you can really try something at it, and if it if it just totally and utterly doesn't take off, then you just bin it. Where if it is actually good, and you don't know where it's going to lead, like it can be the kind of the petri dish of ideas, and maybe something really good will come from it. Like a, you know, using it for the shot clock or something might, you know, in terms of slow play, something can come out of these things like the mic'd up Um, because I never understood why they couldn't have more on tour where, you know, the the conversation with the caddies, you know, this this guy's walking behind, there's cameras, there's all that. I don't understand why we can't hear more of the caddy inter you know, um interaction with the player and the player's interaction. It's not like I'm getting a benefit. It's not like there's some guy sitting in the middle of you know the third hole. who's being able to listen in on tv and go oh this oh so uh this is what's happening on another it doesn't matter to to them so i don't know why we couldn't listen to more so maybe the mic up thing might be the start of of uh of something a different type of interaction that the the fans get with golf
0: oh i think it's great and we kind of get fortunate enough to have a microphone near to a a player caddy discussion I mean, especially when it's a, a crucial time of the tournament. And uh, we've had a couple there in the last few weeks where, yeah, uh, and, and thankfully the commentators realize what's going on and how good it is that we get this to, to hear, you know, to listen in on this one, two-minute conversation about what the thoughts are, how they're going to play the shot and, and so forth, and, and you get to listen to that. So, yeah, I think be, if we get a little bit more access to that, then that's exactly what, you know, that's exactly what I, as a fan, want to see and hear. Um, just get that little deeper level of access to to the golf tournament than just uh, than just watching and hearing the commentators' thoughts. You get to hear the actual thoughts of the the people uh, who are in the middle of it.
1: All right. Well, let's let's have a look back while we are staying on the European Tour. Let's have a look back last week, the Maybank Championship over in uh, Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. This is, you know, they're kind of moved away from the. Dubai and Abu Dhabi they have moved over to Malaysia and um, Sharma has won twice now on the tour uh, winning down in South Africa a a number of weeks ago I was reading somewhere he only just made the cut uh, 70-69 first few days and then went 66-62 to win by uh, two shots over Jorge Campilo and uh, Ryan Fox of New Zealand and I think this is this in only 13 events since he entered onto the european tour the 21 year old indian now has two victories one more than his number of missed cuts um and i was reading i'm just getting it here to have it exactly that um he's now got the wgc in mexico coming up he's now top of the race to dubai and this is a guy who only three weeks before his maiden victory in south africa finished tight 68 at the european tour qualifying school it's some story. It's some rise, isn't it? That's phenomenal. Um,
0: this just to shoot a sixty-two on a, on any day is a phenomenal, is a superb round of golf. But to do it on a Sunday, cruise through the field and uh, and win by two is um, it's just that's seriously good going. Um, It'd be interesting to but see. But put that
1: into perspective. The next nearest guy, next l- nearest lowest score on Sunday, was sixty-six. Yeah. You know, like that it that's not just going out and, and winning a tournament. That's blowing the field apart. You know, there was a lot of sixty eight, sixty nine, seventies. It was not clearly an easy day out there. And he goes out and shoots ten under uh, to win by two.
0: I don't know what else you can say about it. Um, it's 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 super impressive and it'll be uh you know, definitely be one to watch to see how he
1: gets on in the in the slightly deeper and stronger events. Um, yeah. Well, he's he's pretty much guaranteed to be playing in the in the bigger and deeper events right now. Uh, and that, I suppose, for anybody coming off the European uh, Tour qualifying school, all they want is to get that card, get it secured. He's got half a million dollars, I think, or euros or whatever it was in the bank from that win at the weekend. He's sorted, you know. So he he can he's got his. Uh, I think the win in Joburg got him into the Open Championship. So he's got the the major on, uh, on the horizon, the WGC. You know, who knows? Like the the monkeys off this guy's back, he can go and free wheel the rest of this season. You just don't know what he could do. It's it's fantastic. And speaking
0: of majors, he's probably seventy second in the world now. Just looking here, that's only twenty something, twenty two spots away from getting an invite to. You know the Masters in a few weeks' time, and uh, getting himself into all the WGCs and all the majors uh, by uh, you know automatically. So, you know that's got to be his next goal now. Um,
1: Anything else that stood out to you? I am gonna hold my absolute hand up here and say I saw absolutely nothing other than a very brief highlights package of the Maybank Championship because I find it virtually impossible to actually watch when it's over there it's not live you already know the result and the whole thing really kind of annoys me after a while and you know I, I'm not sure on a Sunday I'm going to sit through 4 or 5 hours of golf when I know who wins
0: yeah and also when we have some US you know, some live PJ Tour coming up on Sunday evening too, That's you know the, the live always takes priority when it comes to watching golf so yeah, I did not see any of it. it. Just it arrives at a. It's a very difficult time. That eight hours ahead of us. Um, most of the golf is done, dusted by the time we wake up in the morning. So, uh, like as as you say, it's it's just that time of year where you pick up the results if you happen to wake up early or catch the highlights package in the evening. Um, then that's a bonus.
1: But, uh, so let's move to the yeah. states then, okay? Because we did. Uh get to watch quite a bit of this this was the waste management in phoenix open and i suppose this is really famous for just the 16th the crowds they break records every year in terms of how many people go to this event it is probably the booziest, loudest what looks like most fun place to be around the 16th can you Gary Wunderland wins, we'll come to that in a second, but let's talk about the 16th how much do you enjoy watching the 16th at this event and, um, you know, it's a relatively short par 3 There, a lot of the guys want the noise a lot of guys then, you know, buckle up but the boos when they don't you know, hit the green, the cheers when they do, it's just an incredible, incredible sight isn't it? Um it, it's it is pretty special, yeah. I, I
0: I think it's hard to comment on it unless you've actually been there once. Um, and all you can kind of take is the the video and film that we see and, and the live shots we see. But it. it it looks like an incredible atmosphere. Um, I, I think just from from seeing it from the outside, it seems like the crowd enjoys the booze a little bit more than the cheers because somebody could stick it into six foot and. They get kind of a half-hearted, yay. But if they miss the
1: green by two or three inches, the crowd really... <laughs> they love their booze there. Um, well, they all dress up. Like, they were all yeah. in... Like, I saw some guy in a pee outfit. There was guys who were dressed as tobbies, Like, it—it—it it, it is just mad. It, you know, and there was, there was guys, they were being interviewed, and they were queuing up for, like, you know, for four and five in the morning to get into that that, that stadium or into the the grandstands it's an incredible setup like i think as you say you'd need to be there to really appreciate quite the level of noise Um, and interestingly i I heard one of the pros was saying that um well sorry one of the ex-pros was saying that actually the noise shouldn't really bother them what what bothers a pro is if it's not consistent mm. they get the noise up and it's consistent, then they can focus and hit a shot with anything going on in the background. It's when it goes from being really loud to quiet and then right in the middle of their swing it becomes loud. That's the problem because that's the distraction or some guy takes a photo or there's a click or there's movement. That's the bit that distracts them. But actually a lot, because Ricky was doing it, you know, getting them all up to a real high decibel and then hitting. Mm. Because actually the trick was for him it doesn't matter because it's just white noise yeah and he goes through it and hits it where the you know and that I thought that was interesting because obviously it doesn't really affect them as much as I would have thought it would affect you now obviously I think if you were an amateur it would affect you a lot more um but it's just a, it's just an incredible setup.
0: I think that makes sense because say for example you're out in the golf course and it just so happens that it's near an airport and there's a plane going on overhead like that's really noisy but it's not stopping us from it's not stopping you from taking a shot or distracting you because it's a constant noise I think it's like we said it's the sudden ones that will throw you off and, and catch you off guard um, similarly like if there's a train going by near a golf course or, or road noise you know so uh, it, look, it looks fantastic we'd all love to hit a shot in that atmosphere and you know just just soak it up um i mean it's at the same time like if you don't kind of embrace it or you don't kind of get fully on board with it, but you know bad things can happen we saw some really crazy scores up there you know bad scores there justin thomas made a double bogey out of nothing and you know Poulter had a shank that probably nearly got out of the stadium it was so bad and it, it looks well, it looks like a load of fun. I mean, they got had over seven
1: hundred. I think it was over seven hundred thousand people this week. Like that's absolutely insane. Um, so let let's event. look at the event. So Gary Woodland wins uh, after seventy two holes. It doesn't. There is no gap between him and uh, Ches Revi. They finish at 266, 18 under. They go to a playoff. Um, okay, Gary Woodland wins. We'll come to that in a second. But let's go back to the sixteenth because. All of a sudden on 16, Gary Woodland has just birdied the 15th. He gets into 16, birdie 16, birdie 17, pars it. Look at Chez He ends up bogeying the 16th by just pulling it left, and doesn't get up and down. Goes and birdies 17, birdies 18, and um, gets into you know he's in the playoff. How much I'd say he'd like to go back to 16 right now and just par that hole and he'd be the winner this week? Uh, but I don't know.
0: I'd say he'd more likely uh, take his approach shot back in the playoff hole, to be honest. like he, he made the bogey on 16. That's real. You know, look, he got over it. Uh, he did what he needed to do. He birdied 17 and 18. So um, it's hard to know that, you know what would happen in an alternate universe if he made par on 16 or birdie on 16. Um, the important thing for him is that he bounced back, hit those two birdies that he knew he needed to make to get into the playoff and um, yeah his big mistake was his wedge shot approach to 18 in the playoff and um, and then and then again his um, his attempt to get up and down he left himself kind of like an 8-10 footer range which you know he gave a good run and a lipped out but um, you just can't believe in yourself those putts for par in a playoff Um, and uh, you know Gary Woodland put himself in a good spot just below the hole just off the front of the green and got it up to you know
1: foot foot and a half and had that for the win so I think the I think you're always going to be a bit annoyed to lose to a guy who makes par oh, on, gosh, on, yeah. on a playoff like you know it's a bit like match play you know don't lose the hole to a par and um, you know Gary Woodland didn't do a, have to do a huge amount he pars it he wins it and um, that's the frustrating thing. I th- I'd say that that Reeve takes away this weekend. That like you know, if Gary Woodland goes and wins it by birdie, mm. no complaint. But when you hand a guy a win, it, it's it's got to be it's got to be a bit more sickening.
0: Yeah, it's not gonna feel great, but um, look, he's, he's just gonna have to you know figure out you know take the experience and, and use it for uh, you know a better performance the next time he gets in that position. Uh, He knows he can get there um, by, you know, proving it to himself by birding 17 and 18. He's just got to figure out how to hit a better shot when uh, when it really
1: matters uh, in a playoff next time he gets there. Let's look at a few other stories this week. Uh, John Rahm, he's still world number two. Um, We know how good this player is. The world, I think, at this stage knows what a good player he is. We've talked previously about his biggest biggest Achilles heel in really becoming just top top draw is his temperament. It looked like over the last number of months that had been somewhat worked out or had certainly been put in a box somewhere. Uh, that box has been blown right open this week. Um, it was not the most um, tempered of of, of uh of attitude he he really did give that ground some whack with with clubs and there was a lot of venom in it um, is it a once-off is it kind of frustration okay finishes tight tied, tied 11th he didn't have a great finishing round 72 great up to then 67 68 65 um temperament is that going to be the the kind of the big question mark over John Ram oh,
0: look I think it's not we know it's not going to be a once-off it's part of his character it's part of who he is I can't um, I don't think it's a good idea for him to try mellow this out too much because it's what gets him into those positions and winning positions and has got him an awful lot of success so far so how can you say it's a bad thing yes a little fine tuning of the you know his disappointment I guess would help him um, in those rounds where he feels like it's not going his way I, I, I don't think you should change too much of what, what's natural to him and what's natural to his game. And that's got him to where he is right now, which is world number
1: two, with a chance to go world number one again this week. So, Do you think he's the kind of player that, you know, and in, in soccer terms, you hear, the, you know, you shouldn't take the aggression out of the player because that's what makes him a great player? That we're just going to have to get used to that, John Ram is going to win in great style. And then maybe occasionally there's going to be a bit of a blow up like this, and that's just the way it is. And it's 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 just it's just him, and and you know it doesn't really make much difference. It's his personality. And uh, do you think there's any you know like do you think there's going to be any recourse from the likes of the PGA, the European Tour, of seeing him smash the clubs, doing that kind of you know they they used to come down so heavily on. John Daly when John Daly did crazy things like that and shouted and screamed and kicked bags and threw clubs and all the rest is it just a case of just let them off and or is there going to be a backlash to this kind of nonsense you know these are all role models and we have to pretend that like you know all these kids are looking up and they're going to go out and play golf and they're going to hit a bad shot and they're going to you know kick the ground and punch the ground and do all of these things but are you saying it's
0: like a, it's, it can't 100% be a bad thing I think it's brilliant TV you see somebody showing genuine emotion in a situation that's highly pressurised I think it's great to see it instead of watching it like an emotionless robot like go around the golf course uh, I think it's great to see it obviously there has to be a limit on what ha- you know on where it goes to like you can't be I don't know punching his caddy or, <laughs> but you know if he slams the club into the ground after you know something doesn't go right, that's so normal. It's something. God, I mean, we all do it. Everybody does it. It's a natural human reaction. He's he's venting his frustration. That's his way of doing it. And I don't want them to. I don't want to see them. Like rein him in, like they you know say for example they tried to do in Happy Gilmore where they tried to you know tie him up in a straitjacket. I love seeing that emotion and uh, the human side of uh, players on tour. It makes for a really good TV so uh long may it last but
1: uh yeah as so long as nobody gets hurt all right couple of other quick bits that we need to talk about from last weekend phil mickelson uh thankfully doesn't fall out of the world top 50 for the first time and i think that's somebody in the commentary said uh, about 500 years mm. um i think he's been there about 25 or 26 years he's been in the world top 50 um There was one moment, kind of halfway through his round on the Sunday that you kind of thought, ooh ooh, Phil might have a chance Kind of petered out towards the end, but tied fifth. It was kind of vintage Phil at the end though, wasn't it? It was kind of, you just had a feeling, and it didn't quite happen, that he was going to do something amazing like hole hole out from 400 yards, or something just Mm. something just totally Phil Mickelson, but at least he's now still back into the top 50, well into the top 50 and, you know, it is great he, he is just I just love watching Phil and I want to see Phil I wish we could just put Phil back into like, you know, kind of I don't know, 28 or 29 or something and because I just fear we're going to lose that kind of personality on this tour over the next number of years and I don't see anybody coming through that's a Phil with a i don't know i just i i love watching him that at the weekend i thought it was great um any views on on phil at the weekend uh, necessity is a mother of invention you know I, he had a, the risk
0: of dropping out of the top 50 and he goes and puts in a performance like this so um it proves to himself more than anybody else uh that he can still do it when needed and went for it on 18 you know probably knew he needed to make birdie or maybe an eagle um it's the kind of Phil we all love and know, and be great. it's good to see him up in the top five. Um, if he can go on and maybe get a win, it's been a, it's been a long time since he's won, so uh, that, that just gets harder and harder now to, to pull off. But the guy has the game to do it, so it's it's a matter of if the stars align. Hopefully, maybe, hopefully maybe at Augusta, may, yeah.
1: maybe like stranger things have happened. And tell me, uh, Jordan Speeth he's hes shite, he's, he's gone. Like, he might as well hand in the tour cards. You know, the way that the people are writing <laughs> about him this week, you know, you'd think that Jordan Speeth had, like, the worst, you know, experience, and this is a long list of a long history of bad performances. The guy missed the cut, you know. Oh, the, I know, yeah. Like, the amount of coverage I've seen this week of, like, Jordan Speeth is putting. Like, he's having to come out and say, I, I have no problem with the putting. Yeah, I've got to work on it, but, like, it's realistically like it's four or five weeks into into 2018 and they're they're writing him off like he's you know like he's been having like 20 years of bad you know results i mean completely exaggerated and totally unnecessary we know but absolutely ridiculous
0: just ridiculous I i can't like i can't believe that like this is a story at all it's just
1: uh i don't know it's so frustrating to see it it's like they love to build these guys up just to absolutely knock them down yeah yeah you know like it just doesn't seem to make sense to me god forbid he puts one step out of place like it's just it's I can't I just
0: I have no time for it I'm not interested in reading those articles I'm not interested in hearing about it
1: if and in this, fairness, it wasn't even that bad. He was like he only missed the cut by one. He had <laughs> seventy two seventy. Like it wasn't. It wasn't like he just went out and had like eighty five eighty five. He shot level par in
0: a tour level golf course. You know, there's, there's nothing wrong with that at all. It just so happens the cut was one shot better than that, and it's his first cut missed in thirteen or fourteen events. But
1: yeah, I just can't difference. get over no. quite how far people go so look right, um, we
0: shouldn't even be talking about it or giving it air time because it's, it's it's only just events that it's the most outrageous crap ever so please get it off um, the off the
1: media not
0: interested in it
1: right let's move on um, AT, AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am it's obviously taking place at Pebble Beach this is always kind of one of those interesting tournaments because obviously with the, the amateurs there there's obviously lots of celebrities lots of guys um, I like this event because it does have your Bill Murray's type characters, and you also kind of get to watch guys who kind of make really funny shots <laughs> and you're kind of going, yeah, I can I can relate to that. um, I think it's also a bit of a holiday for the pros this event. I think this is one that they just turn up and they're just dialing it in because it's a bit of crack, um, and none of them really take it overly seriously. And I think that comes across on the on the coverage. Um, do you like this event? Is this one that you're kind of like, eh? This is one I watch, you know, every year I kind of go, I'm watching this for pretty much the four days. It's not that it's like a major, because it's not, but I just, there's something about it that attracts me to it. I
0: really like it. Um, there's It's a real polarizing event that some people I know... Will not watch it for risk of seeing one amateur shot, which is actually uh, I don't know. It kind of makes me laugh. To be honest, um, I enjoy it. I enjoy the little spoof pieces they do on the sides. They bring the celebrities in. So much of it's canned, but at the same time, you you just do get great moments out of it. You get to see you know miracle shots you know pulled off by. Amateurs that you know you can put you can imagine yourself hitting um, on on a good day and you know the the other bonus is we get to see uh, you know three beautiful golf courses in uh, in California and uh, and lots of sunshine hopefully at a time of year when we don't have that much so um, yeah so it just makes us yeah. feel bad yeah <laughs> no, it doesn't it gives it, I like to think it gives us a little bit of hope of for what's coming our way in the not too distant future um and and then you get like a you know hopefully a sunday showdown with a few big names there playing
1: pebble beach uh it can't it cannot be a bad thing um well they've got they've got the pairings at least uh because we're recording this slightly later than our usual uh tuesday slot dustin johnson and jordan spieth are together and rory and phil are together so you know it's 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 going to be a bit of a bit of fun um surprise surprise uh, Dustin is playing with his uh, father-in-law and um, Jordan Spieth is with a guy called Jake Owen who seems to be a country music star for people who might know um, I think Rory's with his father I think he usually plays with his father chill, at this yeah. so um, yeah and uh, surprise surprise Phil is with some investment banking executive clever man Phil <laughs> probably getting a few tips um, yeah, look, it's, it's no surprise that
0: a lot of the big names are playing Spyglass Hill, then Monterey Peninsula on the Friday, and then Pebble Beach on the Saturday. So they, they really lean and tilt the draw to getting all the big names onto Pebble Beach Golf Course for the Saturday, and then hopefully again for the Sunday, but certainly the Saturday, uh, to draw the biggest crowds in there to the, you know, the I suppose, the highlight course of the three. Um, so... I, I, I love I love this event I love seeing that golf those golf courses and that little bit of sunshine and it's fun so yeah bring it on and the field is probably as strong as it's ever been um, mostly thanks to this uh, pJ tour rule where you know a player has to play an event that he hasn't played once every four years so it's dragging in a few big big names and you know let's without, you know let's forget the odds for now but just let's fly through the names quickly at the top of the, the betting. Justin Johnson Rory McIlroy Jason Day John Ram Jordan Speed, Gary Woodland Phil Paul Casey Matt Kuchar Branson Snedeker, Pat Perez Patrick Cantlay Brendan Grace Patrick Reed, Chesson Hadley Kevin Kisner, Adam Scott you know a lot of big names and there's a plenty of Irish in action this week so we have uh, Rory Shane uh, Gray McDowell um, Paul Dunner Dunn, yeah and Seamus Power so We've loads of interest for us this week. To sure, watch. Uh,
1: don't forget Al uh, Pork. Pork Pork's as well. there as well. Uh, I think we've got. And it's a
0: little bit further down the betting. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, one seven five to one. Um, I think we have the full complement. In fact, I, I think. don't think there's any. I think that's pretty much all current, yeah, kind of established tour players from Ireland is is at this event. I'd say it's actually be interesting to see when the last time David Duval playing thousand to one. He is not. He is indeed. Oh, brilliant! Um, so hopefully the vertigo won't be there. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I wouldn't even be bothering with the, uh, the the betting bit, other than you never know. Somebody like say Gray McDowell might, you know, where you get kind of longish odds. He's having obviously a bit of a stinker at the moment in terms of form. But you go out, you're with your mate, on you know whoever the amateur is with them same with pork i assume pork will probably have jp, an, um, JP on, on with him so it's a bit because it's a bit more relaxed a guy like ray mcdowell could actually just kind of come through the field because of the fact that it's it's a bit more relaxed than the normal events could be the little catalyst he needs like he that guy needs a little break a bit of luck and you
0: know he's back to the scene of his us open win as well so you know there's a few factors working in his favor this week let's uh, Fingers crossed. From you know, it's, it's sad to see the him just drop down the rankings and, and go through a tough time. So we uh, send we'll send, a, we'll send a, whatever luck we have over that way this week for him.
1: Yeah. All right. Um, are you having any bets, or are you just gonna watch this week? The um, I have a
0: few. I have three bets on this week. I have Pat Perez in the form of his life. California native. Um, just. Just, don't uh, need to justify he's in a great place right now in his life as well as well as on the golf course He just um, his wife um, news came out that his wife's pregnant a few weeks back so the guy's just buzzing um, Patrick Cantley, another California native playing brilliant golf at the moment and then the other one is Chesson Hadley who was fifth last week so those are my three for this week
1: all right perfect um i'm gonna just sit back and relax and enjoy it because i think uh there's it's kind of could be a bit of a shot in the dark at times you just don't know um also if you've got your amateur who's kicking it around and getting you out of rhythm it might not help so it's one of these ones i'm just going to sit back relax enjoy it and uh i want to see amateur golfers play to be honest with you because it makes me feel better when i see a guy duffing it and they're saying Oh yeah, this guy's off three, (laughs) and he shanks it straight out, uh, out onto the, out onto the beach in California. So you're a horrible human being, taking fun out of other people's misfortune. But I'll I've been doing it for years playing golf with you, so I don't know why why I'd be uh, any different. Find your inner
0: motivation, people. That'll get you to the top in your golf game.
1: All right. That's it. Right at a good talk golf is the Twitter handle a good talk spoiled at gmail dot com. We'll be back next week. Enjoy the golf.
0: Good luck. Bye, yeah. Well, you're Bye bye.